an all too familiar script for Indiana in this one, a winnable game, have a chance at the end, let it slip. Let's try to talk about this one. You are locked on Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers, part of the locked on podcast network, your team every day. Welcome in, everybody, to this Saturday episode, uh, a live reaction episode of Locked on Hoosiers, the one and only daily IU podcast, part of the Locked on Network. You guys know the deal. Appreciate you guys tuning in on this Saturday. Joining us live, I want to make this more regular. I know it's not fun to talk after a loss, but uh, IU does that more than they win, to be quite honest. Let's give a shout out first to LinkedIn before we dive into this. These days, every new potential hire, Feels like a high-stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college terms and conditions apply. Give me your thoughts. Give me your reactions. Everything down below. I want to get to them. I'll put them on screen as we go through this. Frustration is kind of the initial reaction in this one. Uh, a lot to talk about, a lot to discuss. Ultimately, this is a talented team uh, that dug themselves too big of a hole in the first half. There was a lot of things that went into that, whether it was um, poor offensive play calling, poor defensive play calling, poor execution. I, I think that certainly is something that needs to be pointed out as well. There were a lot of fingers being pointed at the coaching staff and the coaching staff did a number of things wrong, but there the players weren't executing uh, on the field either. And the result was IU looking like they, uh, they were played off the field in that first half. And so it felt like it was going to get ugly. Now credit to Tom Allen, to the Hoosiers. I thought that onside kick really set the tone for the second half and everything changed. And IU looked, substantially better. They looked like the team I thought they were going to be coming into this game. The end result, what do you take away from that? Is IU more like the team in the first half? Are they more like the team in the second half? Are they somewhere in the middle? Are they both? Is that just going to be IU season? A a little bit of Jekyll and Hyde. Um, A lot to discuss. Let's start with the fourth down play call because that's what I see all the comments on late in the game. I'll see if I can pull up the exact time, but Basically, the the deciding play of the game was that fourth down uh, play call. A couple things, I think, to take away from that one. Um, For one, needing to take a timeout after a long uh, play review, after a long replay review, that's indicative of poor coaching, and I think a, a finger should be pointed there. And... The play call itself, I see a lot of people, we can't get another half yard. I think it was a bad call. Um, yeah, the sad thing is that it's Jekyll and Hyde for both teams. It was. I'm sure uh, a Louisville uh, recap show is going to sound a lot like this one. But on that play itself, it was a halfback dive for Josh Henderson. It wasn't great. Ultimately, I probably would have preferred – just a straight QB sneak. If you have a 
you're going to have a long developing play like that, I would almost it rather go to Jalen Lucas and have him try to beat people on the edge. That being said, um, if the offensive line is going to get pushed back as much as they were, it really wasn't going to matter if it was a halfback dive, if it was a quarterback sneak, if it was whatever it was, the offensive line got kind of manhandled on that play and they got pushed back two yards on that play. So the play design might not have been great. I'm more in favor of trying to run it up the middle, trying to kind of do the idea of what the offense was trying to do there. Um, I do think it probably wasn't great that it was kind of a, a slow developing play as they called it on the broadcast. And that meant that by the time Josh Anderson got to the line of scrimmage, it was at the two yard line instead of at the one and a half foot line or whatever they called it uh, on the field. So it wasn't a great play call, but it's again, another situation where it's easy to say that was, that was bad coaching. It was also bad execution. And I think that kind of went, hand-in-hand in in a lot of things. As Scott says, the effort in the first half was atrocious, and I agree. Uh, Both sides of the ball, but especially defensively, it was really, really bad. And IU did some things, changed some things in that second half, but a lot of it was simply the defensive line creating more pressure and just being smarter about things. The I I don't know if it was a second or third touchdown. That's not a great saying, but the long touchdown run, like a 25-yard touchdown run that Jordan had where IU had two players take really bad angles on it, Aaron Casey and uh, I believe Jamari Sharp was the other one, but that's bad execution. Like Casey was wildly out of place there, and that's a fifth-year captain linebacker that should be making those plays. So you could you can sit there and say, point fingers at at Tom Allen, but that's a situation where Tom Allen can tell them what to do. And if they're going to go out and execute like that, it doesn't really matter, but there's a lot of fingers that should be pointed at Tom Allen too. timeout management has been awful throughout Tom Allen's tenure. And it was today. Uh, There were two timeouts in a three play span in the first quarter. That was awful. I mentioned in the fourth quarter when, you take a timeout after a long replay review. And then that's probably what also kind of exacerbates that final or that fourth down play. If you take basic, what was the the equivalent of two timeouts, if not more, and that's the play you come out with, it's not good. So in that sense, I, I understand and maybe even agree with the criticism there that you had a lot of time to design a play call. And look, in the second half, IU got creative and got very progressive in how they were uh, moving the ball. They ran the damn Colts' infamous play and made it actually work. Uh, we'll talk about some of these things in, here in a minute. But ultimately, with the, the chips down, game on the line, whatever cliche you want to use, uh, they went to a play call that absolutely didn't work. To get to that point, though, in the game, considering where they were in the first half, they deserve some credit. The second half, they were really, really good. And it really just depends on your mindset of whether you come away from this game excited or disappointed. I think either way, you can be frustrated because this absolutely was a winnable game that IU didn't win. And 
if you've been a, an IU football fan for any length of time, that's probably something you're used to, but it doesn't make it any less frustrating. So uh, a, a really, again, Jekyll and Hyde, however you want to describe it, uh, type of performance in this one. Let's talk about the offense. There, I, there's a lot of ways I could divvy, uh, divvy this up. I was considering talking about the first half in one segment, second half in the other. Let's let's do it by each side of the ball. So let's talk about the offense, what didn't work in the first half, what worked in the second half. Um, we'll do all that in a second. Let, let's talk about LinkedIn real quick. And again, give me some of your thoughts down below. Uh, we'll turn to them after this uh, quick ad read and see what you guys have to say. These days, every new potential hire feels like a high stakes wager for your small business. Got to be 100% certain uh, that you have access to the best qualified candidates, which is what makes LinkedIn jobs the best. They help you find those right people faster and for free. You guys hear it all the time. Here, everydayers will hear me say it all the time. Post your job at LinkedIn. They have screening questions that help you filter out the right candidates for you. They make it easy for you to interview uh, those qualified people. They just make the process easier. So go to LinkedIn Jobs. Uh, linkedin.com slash locked on college linkedin jobs will help you find those qualified candidates for free you can post your job for free there that's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free terms and conditions apply uh also a shout out or a mention for locked on college football live uh every friday 11 a.m to 1 p.m There'll be plenty to talk about over there. In terms of the national scene, I don't think that they're probably going to be talking IU football much, uh, but they have playoff impl implications, the conference rivalry games. Uh, they go in-depth, like only uh, Locked On can. So 11 a.m. to 1 p.m., every Locked On College YouTube channel will have that for you. Let's talk the offense. And the – man – that was a a really odd performance. Uh, I will say, Taven Jackson, I think his his play has to be the biggest positive to take away from this game, especially that second half. He looked incredible. 24 of 34, 299 yards, a touchdown and an interception. Uh, the interception was... It was a tipped ball, which naturally you're kind of inclined to say it's not his fault, but uh, he had a lot of passes in that first half that were fired in there. A little bit high. Uh, to me, that makes me think that he had the juices flown a little bit too much and was a little too excited for what was to come. But he settled down, and in that second half, looked incredible. Um they were better through the air than on the ground the whole day, basically. And they kind of had to adjust to that. They only had 58 rush yards, but uh, just shy of 300 passing yards. That's not what IU has been so far this season, but they adapted. <clears throat> Excuse me. They adapted, and I think that there should be some credit there. The offense got in way more of a rhythm in the second half, and that's what led to a 13-play, 97-yard drive. That – that's one of the most impressive drives Indiana's had in years. When's the last time IU's offense could have a drive like that? Uh, under Mike Pinnock's in the 2020 season, maybe. 
it's been uh, a really, really, really long time since I thought I use uh, offense was capable of doing that so much to the point that when they got the ball back for what was looking to be the game tying drive, that was still going to be an 80 plus yard drive that they got it down to the one yard line. This offense was cooking. So having said that, when I see, I've seen this sentiment a lot, uh, fire Walt Bell. I don't know. I, I don't think it's that simple. Uh, you can't just ignore what happened in the second half. Uh, it seems like this complaint is based on the uh, what he, Nick calls a vanilla play call on the goal line. Maybe. I, I think that's zooming in way too much on uh, a second half where he adapted and was absolutely destroying and picking apart that Louisville defense. That play, the play call that I, that I don't even know what you call it, where the the whole offensive line went out to the right. It literally looked like that infamous fourth down uh, play call the Colts had with Pat McAfee under center and all that. It literally looked like that. Only IU made it work. That is as creative as IU has gotten ever in my lifetime since Caitlin DeBoer has been here, certainly uh, with a play call. So um, the play calling in the first half was not great. There were way too many designed runs for Taven Jackson. And I think you largely need to get rid of those. You can do some RPOs, some zone reads and have him make that read. And if the read calls for him to hang onto the ball, that's one thing, but with you, there shouldn't be any more QB draws. There shouldn't be any more things like that with Taven Jackson. He is a good athlete, a capable runner, but he's not Dexter Williams. This at times still looks like an offense designed for Dexter Williams. Um, they're going to have to change it a bit. This is Taven Jackson, not Dexter Williams. A lot of these plays work with an athlete and a runner like Dexter Williams under center, but Taven is a much better passer than Dexter Williams is. So you have to adjust. And I thought they did a much better job of that in the second half. Uh, IU doesn't have a talent issue. It's a coaching issue. I disagree. Um, that is putting way too much blame on the coaches and not nearly enough focus on the players who, as we've kind of said, um, there was execution issues in that first half. And I do agree. Walt Bell does need to be more aggressive in his play calling. He was more aggressive in that second half. And that, that second half is how IU should approach every game moving forward. And that was letting Taven throw the ball downfield, letting him make reads and letting him make plays. And it worked. And, he was making the throws he needed to make. He was making the reads he needed to make. Taven is really, really, really good. And that is going to be one of my biggest takeaways. Jalen Lucas obviously deserves a mention over 100 yards on uh, in total on the day. 10 receptions for 98 yards and a touchdown. They This was easily the best they've used him in the passing game. And so I, I think there should be a lot of credit there. Look back to week one and even last week against Indiana State, 
They didn't really use him in the passing game much. I mean, they didn't throw the ball hardly at all against Ohio State, but last week he was kind of a factor, but they didn't use him a lot in the passing game. He was absolutely unleashed, and I thought IU did a really good job of uh, getting him in situations where he was being covered by a linebacker, and he's going to win that every time. And so, again, it's simple to say Walt Bell needs to be fired, but he's also the guy that was – drawing up those types of plays. Cam Camper, somebody said it earlier in this, uh, Camper, he showed up in the second half. Now, maybe he should have showed up in the first half. It didn't really seem like there was a whole lot drawn up for him to make some plays in the first half, and that probably goes back to the, the play calling as much as anything. I think there's a lot of fingers you can point here, and I don't think it's as, it's as simple as saying, fire this person, play this person, make this person be aggressive. There's a lot of things that went wrong in that first half and changed in that second half. The challenge for Indiana is going to be take what they did in that second half offensively, where I I don't have the exact yardage. They finished this game with 357 yards. A huge chunk of that was in the second half. So their challenge is to take that and be able to apply it to a full game and be able to have that level of aggressive play calling, execution, all the above for a full game. That I'm generally a more optimistic person, so I come away from this game optimistic to a degree about the future for Indiana. This is a team fully capable of winning six games. That doesn't mean they will. They're talented enough to do it. But this was a winnable game that they let get away. And if every day as we'll remember when we kind of looked back on the schedule, there's kind of four swing games that Indiana has on the schedule this year. And you have to win three of them to win a bowl game. And this was one of them. And Indiana didn't win it. So you're going to have to win the rest of those kind of swing games throughout this year. We'll see. Things have already changed. We'll get a better sense on on Indiana's schedule as we go along, but you don't have wiggle room in the Big Ten East, and you can't afford to let games like this get away, and they did. So it's, it's even more of an uphill challenge to get to six games, but I guess overall my thought is this is a team capable of winning six games this year. Capable and doing it are two different things. Let's talk about the other side of the ball, the defense, because um that was as big of a difference as anything in this game and i thought the defense specifically is what swung this game for indiana we'll dive into them in a second any defensive thoughts share them down below we've talked a lot about offense what'd you make of the defense in this one before we talk about them let's talk about FanDuel. if you guys bet on iu plus 10 and a half kudos I thought it'd be a close game. I think what I recommended most is taking the under. The under was 50 and a half, and and, uh, this one wasn't ever close to that. So shout out to you guys if you took the under on that, and I hope you used FanDuel uh, to make those bets because even if you got them wrong, you get free uh, $200 in free bonus bets for new customers right now. Guaranteed, all you have to do is place a $5 bet. So place that $5 bet on... IU next week against Akron, and regardless of what happens, you'll get $200 in bonus bets. 
If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is easy to use, wide range of betting options from spreads to player props to those over-unders and more. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on. Kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. So as much talk as there is for the offense, the defense is where this game changed because they were absolutely getting toasted in that that first half. Uh, The defensive line, the front seven as a whole, were just getting tossed around. And they weren't creating pressure, which meant there was – time for Plummer to just sit back and his receivers were just blowing right through the secondary. There there were red flags all over the place with the defense in the first half. If, if Louis, I, it's hard to say this because Louisville won the game. If Louisville had a better quarterback, this isn't a game. It's like 28, nothing in the first, in the first half, there was some overthrows. There were some missed passes. There were some drops. Um, that kind of saved IU a little bit because the secondary could not keep up and the defensive line and and linebacking group was not creating pressure. That absolutely changed in the second half. The defensive line was getting to Plummer and forcing him out of the pocket. Now they were doing it to a degree where they weren't uh, keeping contain and IU lost the game because Plummer got out of the pocket and could run, but they IU got back into the game because of the defensive line and what they were able to do. Nick Toomer being out hurt, and that was a, a surprise, an unexpected scratch for the Hoosiers. He wasn't solely responsible for how much that the, the secondary struggled in this one. But again, just like the offense, the defense really shut things down in that second half and really limited them to – they didn't score in the second half. This was a, a, a one of the top offenses in the country, albeit a small sample size, two games, but this was one of the top, top offenses in the country that didn't score in the second half. So there is – there, there are positives to take away from that in the second half. Even if IU couldn't get a stop to end the game, some of that was because they, it was such like a do-or-die situation um, without timeouts that they kind of had to sell out in some regards. Louisville's speed was evident in a number of ways. I don't know that they were the fastest team IU's played. I think uh, Ohio State takes that. I, I know the broadcast mentioned that at some point. but they were able to use their speed better than Ohio State was, and it challenged IU in a way that they haven't been challenged. It took them two quarters to respond, but they did eventually step up in that third quarter, and they had Louisville uncomfortable and, and made some big plays, and, and some of it doesn't show up in the stat line, but they really, really stepped up in that second half. For example, officially, Andre Carter has four tackles, uh, one solo tackle, a pass breakup, and two QB hits. He was instrumental in that second half in getting Plummer out of the pocket and creating some of that pressure. That's not going to show up in the stat line, but he was enormous. 
in that second half. Aaron Casey, though, he is that was a, a special performance from him, especially in that second half, highlighted by a, a play. I don't know that I've ever seen one person blow up an end around slash reverse the way he did. He only gets one tackle for a loss. It was an eight-yard loss, I believe. He only gets one tackle for a loss there, but he tackled two guys in the backfield to ensure that whether it was an end-around or a reverse, it wasn't going anywhere. Finishes with 10 tackles, two sacks, three tackles for a loss, and a QB hit. And he was everywhere in that second half. So shout-out to him. Lewis Moore was second on the team in tackles. Seven solo tackles, nine in total. Philip Dunham with his second interception of the season. It was a bizarre one, but they all count. Uh, they count all the same. Number of guys stepped up in the second half, but yeah, you have to play 60 minutes. You don't get to bury yourself in a big hole, come up just short, and walk away with repeated uh, moral victories. Moral victories don't get you to six wins. And at the end of the season, six wins is what you are looking for. So, again, I thought the second half was what was gonna IU's team was going to look like in this one on the defensive side of the ball. That first half was as awful as they looked, and that wasn't even the best team they've played. Ohio State is the best team they've played. Jeff Brom, it looked like, had Tom Allen's number. Now, to the credit of Tom Allen, Matt Geary, Everybody on the defensive side of the ball, they responded and got things right, but you can't come out with slow starts, falling in big holes, and then try to play catch-up in games, especially winnable games like this. So as much as I say the players need to come out and execute from the very start and make the plays from the very start, the coaches have to be able to have a game plan ready from the start that works and not have to go into the locker room at halftime and figure out what went wrong and fix it because you get in situations like this where you're down 21 nothing at halftime and lose a winnable game. So, again, frustration is the word I would use for this one. That's the word I would use for just kind of IU fandom in general, <laughs> frustration. And so too many self-inflicted wounds, too much IU could have done – better themselves to win this game and the result is a loss in a game they should have won. Indiana will get a chance to bounce back uh, next week against Akron. We'll have a week to to discuss what happened in this one, which we believe in that first half or second half, some of the takeaways for that. Appreciate you guys sticking around for this live show. Be sure to subscribe on YouTube if you haven't already. Follow us on Twitter. Uh, subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts at as well. Uh, we'll we'll try to do this e each week and try to make this a regular thing after games so that we can come in here and vent about our frustrations together. But thanks, guys, for joining us and for always making Locked on Hoosiers your first listen. Leave those ratings and reviews. We'll be back on Monday to talk more after we've had some time to think about what happened analyze this game a little bit more but until then hope everybody has a great rest of their weekend and as always elio